1: You can get them, but can you keep
2: them? <laughs> when I walk, do, When I walk, do, When I walk, When I walk, <laughs> go, <laughs> <there>. <laughs> This is the Girl Stop Playing Show. I'm your favorite homegirl, Corielle. here to encourage you to stop playing with your potential and start working for what you want in life and in love. You already know that I'm bringing you the information and the conversations to help you make the money and get the honey. You can have it all as long as you are willing to work. And now before we get into today's episode, please wipe your feet when you come in the dough, okay? What do I mean? I mean, like this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. We are putting out this amazing content, but y'all, we got some bills to pay, okay? And all we're asking you to do is pay with a like and a subscribe. And if you feel like you got some value out of this episode, share this video with a friend, okay? Today, we have a working woman in the building. She wears many hats has several titles. She's a wife, she's a mother, she's a real estate mogul, in my opinion. And I am super excited to have Tiana in the building. Hey, Thank Tiana. You. I'm just going with first names. Because okay, yeah, we're, like, we're on the couch, in the living room, about to have some girl talk. Are absolutely, you ready? I'm ready. So I do want to start by having the people put some respect on your name. Okay. So for the people who may not be familiar, look in that camera right there and introduce yourself.
3: My name is Tiana Harrison. I am from Atlanta, Georgia, and I am a luxury real estate agent.
2: Luxury real estate agent. Mm -hmm. So I've been like having this conversation with my husband about dibbling and dabbling into real estate. What is the luxury space new to Atlanta? Because when I think luxury real estate, uh, million dollar listing comes to mind, like LA, New York. Is luxury new to Atlanta or no?
3: Luxury isn't new to Atlanta. I think what happens or what has happened is that culturally we are um, having a huge imprint on the luxury realm. And so it gives, you know, this this whole um this whole ho- whole scope on what that luxury market entails, you mm-hmm. know, with social media and everything, we get to dibble and dabble into different areas of luxury just by seeing someone on vacation or seeing someone walk through a home. But as far as it being new, no, no not really. We're just able to share it a little bit more and then help and inspire other people to see that they can also you indulge. Can do it too. <laughs> have you? How long
2: have you been in real estate?
3: I've been in real estate. It's a tricky question because there are so many different areas of real estate. I'm going into my 10th year as a real estate broker, but in real estate, um, in total, probably about 17 years.
2: Girl, stop lying. Mm-hmm. You are not old enough to have done anything for 17 oh, years. But
3: I am. You've lived a life. I have lived a life. Okay. But I will tell you this, that right after college, I, I entered into real estate. I went to UGA. Well, first I went to TSU. Shut up. That's, look, that's how, how I know, know that we know some of the same people. How did people. I not
2: know you went to the Tennessee State University? The Tennessee
3: State University. I was Tiger Bill. so I ran truck. I'm sure we have a lot of mutual okay, friends. For sure. um, what and years then were you there? D-my? I was there from 2002 to 2004. Oh, girl. Okay. I yeah. was there from 03 to 07. Okay. 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 okay, yeah. So gotcha. we, we cross we, okay. paths. And we know a few of the same people. You did not leave TSU to go to DGN. I left TSU to go to Georgia. I don't know why I have I built some of the best personal and professional relationships when I was at TSU. The reason why I am or have been successful as a real estate agent is due to the relationships that I created at um, Tennessee State. And... in all honesty, HBCU, that, yep.
2: that part of the HBCU conversation is not had enough. I no. think we all are comparing between, like, the facilities and right. the this and the that, no. but it's like the community that you will build at an HBCU is, is unmatched. Huge.
3: Whether it be um, Slim and Huskies or some of the professional athletes that I've worked with, um, Brandon Williams, I'm not sure if you know Mm -hmm, (laughs) Brandon mm -hmm. Williams, but he um, had a a very integral part in helping me with my um, professional athlete niche that I am... Somewhat known for mm-hmm. as far as just working with pro athletes, NFL, NBA. And so that relationship came from
2: TSU. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. I love
2: it. Okay. But you left TSU, you came to UGA, uh-huh. and then you got into real estate after. Yes. Or
3: immediately during. after. Immediately after. Immediately, after. immediately okay. after. I wish I had known during because a lot of people don't know that you can get your real estate license at 18. 18. Yep. And so I wish I, I always say that I wish that that was something that I had known. Um, but I did want to be a sports agent or I wanted to go work for or um, a professional uh, team of some sort in contracts and negotiations. And as life would have it, full circle, I work in contracts and negotiations, oftentimes with pro athletes. And so, yeah, it's just like... So what was that moment that
2: that it changed or it shifted? Like, what was your entry point into real estate?
3: Um, I think when I decided um, after my first year in corporate America that I was not going to go into law or go to law school, I said that, you know, this is an area that I have always loved, even as a child, just going into different neighborhoods, seeing how um, the landscape of Atlanta has changed over time. And it was like, oh, you know, I I can do this or I can try to do it. Um, I will tell my age here, but as we know, there was a huge recession that hit. And so with um, so many different markets, uh, as well as Atlanta, that was a major time where people were losing jobs. I lost my job, and I had to figure it out. I hit the pavement. I went to go work at a high-rise condominium and I saw real estate agents every single day. I went there as a concierge, as a concierge supervisor, making very minimum money, Mm -hmm. and just started building relationships again with the people who were in and out of the condominium. That went from being a concierge to being a property manager. And again, all of those are still in the avenue of real estate. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so that's basically how that happened. I will tell you this, We got married, my husband and I got married. We met um, during, right before uh, I decided that I was gonna leave corporate America. And we then had our first child, our first child We did not. We were new parents. So it's like, who's going to go to the doctor's appointments? Who's going to stay home? And um, because his job was a little bit more stable and he was making leaps and bounds in in his position, it was like, okay, you go venture out. So I decided that I was going to go into real estate at that time. And then, you know, 10 years later, here I am. The rest is Mm -hmm. history.
2: Um, You mentioned a couple of times about the relationships. Uh And I think... Personally, I can only speak for myself, but I did not know the value in true, um, I don't want to say like being strategic with your relationships, because that sounds like you're using people, but being just knowing the value of relationships, Mm -hmm. Um, even back to like people who had internships in college and were able to start those relationships in corporate and what it's done for their careers. Nobody talked to me about relationship building. It's something that I've learned is naturally as an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, I've learned the value and the benefit of networking and establishing relationships and connecting with people. What does it look like for you now to connect or build relationships? Because you mentioned like when you were at the condo building, building relationships with the realtors. And what does that look like? For someone out there who's at that place where it's now time for them to start building relationships, are like some practical things of how you actually do that?
3: You know, that's a, that's a, I'll tell you why that's a challenging question. Because the reality is like at the time I, you don't know that this you're, what you're doing. that that's what you're doing. Yeah. So you don't know the value that's really there other than I just want to be authentic. I just want to um, create relationships with the people who are for me. You know, I want to make sure that I'm doing whatever steps I need um, or taking whatever steps I need to take so that I am successful and in that when you're making good choices or making decisions for your future that will. You know um, pan out or have longevity, then you're thinking about okay well. Um, Am I how am I responding to people? How are they responding to me? Are they pouring into me, you know? And so I think that when I did go into um, Real estate and I was at the condominium and I was meeting all of these different people They were actually sharing with me their lives and then that helped me kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Real estate was never something that I thought that I was going to do, but it was just being in the right place at the right time and, and seeing people continue to move and maneuver and navigate in a space that, you know, there was no real you didn't know what was going to come out of the recession. Mhm.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What does it look like now 10 years later at this point in your career? What does um nurturing relationships look like because everything is relationships right
3: everything is relationships. real estate
2: is relationships yeah. on steroids absolutely um what does what does nurturing relationships look like at this stage in your career
1: uh-huh. is
2: it Um, Because I've heard people say, okay, well, I have follow-up Friday. On Fridays, I'm just following up with all the people. I'm checking in. I'm tapping in. I'm letting people know I'm thinking about them. They're on my mind. That's my check-in day. That's how I keep relationships going. Do you have a thing like that where it's like, this is my thing to nurture these relationships or to water all of the relationships on this particular day or in this particular way?
3: You know, I don't have a day. You know, I know that sometimes life gets to lifeing and um as mothers, as wives, as businesswomen, um entrepreneurs, uh, you just Gotta sometimes when you think of that person, you gotta call them at that moment. You know, when there is business, there are um, strategies, tools, and systems that you have. If there's a client that you care about that you want to get them the home of their dreams, or you want to help them um, hit objectives that they never thought that they could, you're gonna follow up. That's just in you, you know, or it should be mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's intentional. It's not about the paycheck at the end of the day for me, you know, and and I do have the luxury to say that, you know, I'm doing this from my heart." Yes, thank you for me being able to bring something to the table, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I don't, you know, when you think about it, and I don't always hit the mark, you know? So it's a matter of, you know, being intentional with your life, not allowing. um, And I tell my children this, you know, you got to have priorities. And if you say that the people, you say that your family, you say that your friends are your priority, then you will make the um, call. You will send the text, even if it's a text. Some people are callers, some people are texters, but when it comes time to really um, pour into people or check up on people, then you need to be intentional.
2: Are you a caller or a texter?
3: I am a texter.
2: So do you still pick up the phone and call people? Yes, I do. Okay.
3: Yeah, because some things um, need a phone call, okay. but I'm also married to a caller. I'm so, married to a
2: FaceTimer. Are you? And that is, I yeah, didn't even think
3: about that that's category. A thing.
2: That's a, It's a category because I, I am historically a texter. Do oh not call my, goodness, my phone, yeah. but he started this FaceTime trend and oh. it's been, it's six years going strong. It's just what we do. Mm. I've, I, I don't want to say I've never, but I can count on one hand the number of times yeah. we've had like a regular phone call. Oh. Even if we're not looking at each other, we're just naturally gonna face it. It's weird. I don't yeah. know a no, But I want to no, talk no, about no. your husband. Okay. Because this is the thing. Mm-hmm. The people think that here in the great city of Atlanta, there are no husbands. Yeah. There's only gay men. Yeah, We are proof that that is not true. But where did you meet your husband?
3: Okay, so I met my husband at a nightclub. Girl, me too! <laughs> Find love in the club. You can do it. Usher was on to something. <laughs> Listen, I met him at a nightclub. Girl, club. what club
2: was it? Do you remember? Okay.
3: Listen, uh, now we...
2: It's, we going into. Uncharted you're ter- like okay. I'm yeah, well, trying
3: yeah. territory. This is Atlanta. This okay, is Atlanta. Okay. okay. So okay. during an era the, where a time. It, it was magical. A time. Okay. Got you.
2: Got you. Okay.
3: <laughs> so I met him, but uh, he actually Facebooked me before I met him during the time when okay. only college students were had, on
2: Facebook. The good old days. Yeah,
3: The good old days. And so I knew him and um, from him being at Georgia when I was there, but he was a year. He was two years older than me, so he left. Okay. And so when I met him, he was like, Hey, do you remember me? And I was like, Yeah, but I because I had never seen him in person. And um sent him a drink and that was the best investment that I that was the best twenty. dollars Right. I'm like, that was the best look the twenty dollars that I ever you know, not you out in the street sending mm-hmm. out drinks.
2: Send him a drink and it I was I love over. that. I love that for you. But
3: I'm a good investor. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So you met him out. Mm-hmm. How long did you date before you got engaged?
3: We dated. So we did not date the first year that we met. And okay. And then so we were So you a drink and then y'all became friends? Yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm okay with that. Okay. okay, you know, I was I was in my hot girl summer era, and so season, in my twenties was it was a season, and I'm okay with that because he was in his you know his NFL season as well. You. Okay, and um and so then. After a year or so, we decided that we were going to date, and then I think we were engaged. We were engaged for a year. So we dated for 2 years before we actually got married.
2: Got you. Okay. And then how soon did you have your first child?
3: We were pregnant 3 months after we got married. So she was about a year. Was it planned
2: or did it was It was just... not
3: planned. We were in CVS and Walgreens looking to see how to do things the right way, and I was already pregnant.
2: You were already...
3: That, that's I was a, already it, pregnant. It,
2: that's crazy, because yeah. I had in my... I got engaged in April 2020.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: In my mind, I was going to, we were supposed to get married December 2020. So I'm like, okay, by August, I'm gonna start like preparing my mm-hmm. body to get pregnant. I ordered like this fertility tea off of Amazon girl. Yeah. Ordered it off of Amazon. The day it arrived is the day I found out I was pregnant. Got pregnant in June. Girl I didn't even know. make it. God knew. I, I was know. I was devastated. Yeah. It was bad. It was, it was not good. Yours was good because you were obviously Already married. Yeah. I was only engaged. That bug okay. bit me. Yeah. Right. That bug bit mm-hmm. me and life life started life in.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, but how did becoming a parent affect your relationship with your husband or did it?
3: I think becoming a parent made us like even more inseparable. I feel like we were inseparable the moment we said that we were going to be together, um, just because of so many different life changes. Him coming out of the NFL and having to transition, and then just um, like I said, just going from a job that I had been at after college to something different because of you know the economy, and so then we get married and have our first child. And it's like we in this together. So it was a few years and this is all pre social media, mm-hmm. pre Instagram. Let me just say that social media existed. But we were we just basically hunkered down, um, tried to figure out how we were going to make things work, P- bought a house Well, yep, bought a townhouse, sold it, bought another house um, with having our daughter and it was like we were underground for a few years before it was like okay now it's time to like really get come out back here. Mm-hmm. come back
2: outside. How old? You have three children.
3: Two, two. Mm-hmm. Why did I think you have three because I always have other people's kids. Oh, okay, I'm like I know I didn't <laughs> saw another child. Okay, so you have two children. How old are they now? Yes, they're seven and nine. They're about to be look eight and ten next okay. month. Okay,
2: so mine are two years apart too. So I have questions about that. But you have yeah. a boy and a girl. Yes. You posted. I don't know what was going on and we don't even have to get into the details uh-huh. of it, but you posted that I think your son was having a health challenge. Yes. Something was going on. Yes. I don't know the details of it. Uh-huh. And again, we don't have to talk about the details of it. But what I saw was just in my mind, I don't know when this was, but I feel like I, I you know, was a mother at this time. Uh-huh. And I just remember thinking of like, how, how do you hold it together when your child is experiencing something that you cannot get them out of.
3: Oh my god. Or be in
2: control of.
3: Oh my God. You know, being a mother is um is challenging. Nobody gives us a handbook on being a mother. We all know that. Nobody tells us what to do. Yet we're the best ones for the job. So how is it that we don't know yet we're the best ones. Like nobody can mother my children the way, the way that you, I mother my children. Yep. I don't care what my mother in law has done. I don't care what my mom has done in it's the not past. This. It's, yep. They can't mother my children the way that I can't the way that I can, yet I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So in going through situations and scenarios because kids get sick. But in going through a situation like I did last year with my son with for a week long and just trying to figure out, like, how do I relieve him from the pain that he is going through it's tough and I would consider myself a pretty tough person. But when you cannot take that pain away when you have to sit up in that hospital bed um, for days in and days out and all you want is relief and 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 f- and and fun and happiness for your children then it's kind of like you just you pray and you keep going and you pray that at some point you know there it, 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 the sun will shine again everything will turn over but the good thing and the blessing in it is that you have a support system and so in-laws, parents, my husband. He is an anchor. He is everything to everybody. And just, like I said, just having that support system, having those um, people around to make things a little bit lighter, it doesn't take the weight off, but it's definitely something that is helpful. So you just keep going.
2: Have you ever felt like you have lost yourself in being something for everybody else?
3: Uh, yeah, I think there are times and phases that we go through, um, whether they be, you know, moments, or whether it be days when you need that mommy moment. You know, you have moments where you're like, wait, I'm taking everybody. Because guess what? As mothers, as wives, we... We take inventory, they take everything else on, but we have to take the inventory and that inventory includes different departments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I heard someone say that different areas of life and you just take and you compile all that. You're the project manager Yeah, you're the project manager. And so um, just in that, it's just like, oh, you know, it's it's a lot that you have to um, just think about and manage and you just do it the best, the best that you can. can. Yeah.
2: What season do you feel like you're in in your marriage right now? Like, if you had to define... What what year is this for y'all?
3: A- eleven. Ooh, year mm-hmm. eleven.
2: What season is year eleven for you?
3: <sighs> we are... definitely in a season of what are we going to do next? You know, what is going to happen next? You know, financially stable, um, emotionally stable. Our children are a little bit older where they have some independence, but we have to teach them that the older they get, the consequences change. So it's not just a paddle on the hand. You know, when you're 17 and you do something wrong, somebody's gonna, you know, there's gonna be different
2: consequences.
3: consequences. And so in teaching them Differently, we have to sit down with each other and see what that looks like for both of us. So... Have
2: yeah. there been... Have there been challenges in the difference... Like, have you all had differences of opinion in terms of how you're raising your children?
3: Um, there have been challenges. We have differences of opinions because I'm a mom and he's a husband, you know, and I'm he's a father. Oh, I was gonna say. I'm Wait sorry, a minute now. I'm sorry, okay. I'm sorry. He gonna be like, yeah. <laughs> was that a you, slip? No, or... that was a slip. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a mom and he's a father. Gotcha. And so, you know, even in that slip up, it's just like that was. Oh. I felt like there was some truth in that. In that, okay. No, but we gonna... he is. No, he's like the best father. I tell my kids it's like you don't even understand what y'all like, got, you yeah, You don't even understand, yeah. Yeah. you know? And he is a super, He's. I can't say, a, I can't say more than enough about him because as a father, we have a son and we have a daughter and both of them need him. I'm not saying that children don't need both parents, but you know, I saw something before that said, mothers raise their daughters and love their sons. You know, that hit me like a ton of bricks, because I think about the people, the men in my life, and the dynamics that they've had with their mothers. And sometimes it makes me, you know, a little sad. Sometimes it makes me happy. But, you know, there are things that we do as mothers that we kind of get in the way. And that's tough, because that's those are my children. Mm-hmm, you know, that's mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. tough. And do you, you have two... I have two sons. Son? Yeah, that's what I thought we get in the way and i can't teach my son how to be a man yeah. and see my son is a third okay and he's okay. a third for a reason because his he his father is great and his his grandfather is great so in that like he has he his he is his own person but he also has greatness he got
2: to he got to he, gotta, he, he yeah. has to uphold that he has yeah. to
3: uphold that mm-hmm. so there's a there's a meaning behind the name and who he is as a, as an individual. I don't want to stunt that. So regardless of how I feel, how hard my husband and the, his father is coming down on them, I got to get out the way. And that's that, that's, that's still, hard. It's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I saw a,
2: a clip of you know of it causing contention in the marriage mm-hmm. because the the wife is like, I think you being too tough. You yeah. know you be, how you're talking to him, you're roughing them up, and it's needed. Yeah. But it is hard. It's needed. Because I want to be like, but my baby, you know, and, yeah. I got, and he's too, my oldest mm-hmm. is too. So we yeah. ain't even talking about nothing. Right. But it's, he's a two but year old. Are. But it's like, mm-hmm. it's necessary. It's so and, necessary. And we are going to reap the benefits of a true father yes. right raising mm-hmm. these children that's and right. not just a man in the house cuz that's, that's a difference that's a difference
3: like you said we're in Atlanta and there's a stigma and we're all, they also have they also see way more than we saw mm-hmm. and we saw a lot mm-hmm. but they see so much more and this world is you know i always say there's a lot more good than bad but at the same time we must prepare them for this world whether it be my daughter or my son mm-hmm. I, I i'm i'm glad glad for who God bless me. I'm glad for my husband. Right? Look, I'm glad right. for their father. Baby. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, yeah. It's a lot. It's it is a lot.
2: lot. Do you feel like you are having to raise your son and your daughter differently?
3: Um, yes, I do. Um because it's different for both of them. It is. It's I mean, what again, what they see is going their perspectives are different. They're different people in general. And I think that children teach us you know, a lot mm-hmm. about who we are, and who we think we are. <laughs> yeah, and who we think we are—that is true. And so, when it comes to my daughter, she is growing into um a young lady, and I have to teach her, you know, what it's like. Because if I allow music videos or Instagram to teach her, or you know, hot girl. Summer to teach her. The, <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna have on my hands, and so nice. or her friends because or that's, her
2: friend, her friends and her friends' mamas,
3: right? Or and her friends' mamas because that's what happens if we don't talk to our children. They guess still talking. What? They, they talking. They, still they still just talking. not talking. They just to you. not talking to you. Mm-hmm. And so we have to teach them differently. Like my daughter, she's very outgoing, very outspoken, but my son is very much like laid back and to himself. He's not gonna come to you. My daughter might. My son won't. So there's a different approach that has right. to be taken for right, right, right.
2: Okay, Okay, I have a question Mm -hmm. since you do have a I'm I'm just I've only asked this I think I've had this conversation maybe twice, but I'm determined that anytime I get a mother that has both I'm gonna ask Mm -hmm. so here we go. Yeah If your son or your daughter decided to date outside of their race, would you have the same opinion for both or not? Like, would you be okay if your daughter wanted to date a white boy? Would you be okay if your son wanted to date a white girl?
3: I would be okay. Okay. I would be okay because I have different, um, you know, races of people within my family. Okay, 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 okay you know, I would be okay. Of course, people are like, yeah, I want you to date somebody like your mom, you know, whatever that means. Do you have a
2: preference or you're just open? Do you feel like you have to just be open? Do you feel like, I feel like it gets tricky once the family, you know, once you have like a cousin that has married outside and now the family is just diverse, you got to be careful with what you say. You got to be careful. And I don't want to put you on the spot. No,
3: it's okay. Okay. okay, <laughs> It's okay. Because, okay. you know, it's it's okay not to always be politically correct. I do feel like, I mean, I have a preference. But even in other people's households, they got a preference too. So, that. you know, it's like, you know, who's going to say it first? If you're asking me, then I can answer. Okay. I have a preference only because culturally there are things that it's like, okay. You know, either you're gonna try to explain, and nobody's really going to be able to relate to that. And then there are things that maybe they will be able to, but at the same time, it's just like you know, you. I have a preference, but it's all good. If, you have a preference, but not... you're
2: accepting. I'm. Accepting. You're open. Okay. Yeah, I'm
3: open.
2: I'm closed.
3: You are. Okay. So what? What's the? What's the? How do you relay
2: that? What do you say? I don't know, and that's the challenge because. <sighs> Because the truth is, I know from how, how I was growing up that if mm-hmm. my parents were adamant about something, that's mm-hmm. gonna not necessarily make me want it, but it's gonna make me curious. Yeah, Like, why? Why yeah. can't I do that? What yeah. What is that really like? Like, what yeah. are you trying to keep me away from? So I don't want to be so adamant that my sons are like, well, I'm just do, well, let me just see what it is. You know, I know you right. don't want me to do it, so I'm gonna do it because right. you don't want me to do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to do that. My, I guess, um, hope or prayer is that me and my husband just do such a great job of showing them uh-huh. the beauty in, in their Blackness. Absolutely. The, you know, that they that there is no other option, that Absolutely. it's not even. But my son goes to Montessori school yeah. where he, now there's a you know another black a black girl and another black boy but they just showed up like he's been there since august and Mm -hmm. for the longest he was the only so he didn't have a choice and i think a lot of times that is the situation that we put our kids in Mm -hmm. because we quote unquote want the best Mm -hmm. and a lot of times the best isn't the black version of things Mm -hmm. so we put them in these environments where they're the only or they're not the only but they're one of few. Yes. And so their options are very limited. And yes. it's like, well, what do you expect? This is where you've... These are the choices mm-hmm. you've given them. So you can't now be mad at the choice they've made exactly with what right. you've given them. So I think it's just something we're being intentional about. Yes. Um, and conversations are gonna have to be had yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah, you have
3: those conversations. But I think that... And like you said, we have... we have made those choices for them, especially with certain environments. And I do live, we live in an area where they are oftentimes the only ones. But then what, um, I made a decision to do or what we made a decision to do at the end of the day day, is engage them into different activities outside of the outside of the neighborhood yeah yeah. and and so um while they are becoming aware of their environments we are also teaching them how to advocate for themselves and how to um be confident in that uh in that How to be confident in areas where it's just them.
2: It's just Mm -hmm. them, yeah.
3: It's tough. That's a conversation. It is
2: a conversation because we are now at the place where we are blessed to be able to afford Mm -hmm. to give our children these lives, but it's Mm -hmm. like, are you... Are you not setting them up for failure? Because, again, we're just doing the best that we can do. Yeah. Like, we're we're doing the best that we can do, but what are the repercussions of the best? Yeah. Like, what's going to be on the back end of the That's best? Right. So I have, you know, I, I have family and even friends whose kids are now at the age where they're going to prom or they're going off to college, and they're making choices that are a reflection of these environments and now the parents don't like the choices Mm -hmm. but it's like you put them there what else they literally didn't have a choice that's exactly this is all that they have so it's tough
3: it is tough and yours are 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 small and you have boys so it started off with us with our daughter Mm -hmm. and our daughter being Confused or not understanding why her hair wasn't straight and blonde and her hair is the exact opposite of straight Straight and and blonde blonde, And so we were like, okay, no, let's just have this conversation at two How do I have to have this conversation at two and so? um, Got through that But then we ended up moving to a different area where Mm -hmm. it was even more You know
1: Dominantly white. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And so, the dominant culture existed, and though she felt confident in who she somewhat was at five, when she went to kindergarten, she was unable to relate to... No, let me back that up. Her teachers Mm. was unable to relate to her. Because that's what happens. You know, you might see a child and say, oh, they remind me of me. But when you're the only one of us in a room, and I'm not sure if you've experienced this, but I know I have, Uh, then people will respond as if they can't relate to you. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to know about you. They want to be close to you, but they don't really know. And so that was her experience in kindergarten. So we then took her out and put her in a somewhat international charter school. So very much more diverse. diverse. But then... We realize that even when you do that, you have to consider, you know, the sometimes the socioeconomic um, nature of what can happen there. So let's just go back to if somebody has more than another person. So if my daughter goes to school and she says, oh, my dad used to play in the NFL. That might make so and so feel a ways like you're better than them Mm -hmm. when she's just saying this is just her experience. Yeah, this is her experience. So then you're dealing with a whole different type of potential prejudice with people who do look like you. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So
3: then you have to say, okay, now now I have to weigh this, or now I have to look at this because now she don't have no friends, right? But now she doesn't have any friends with people who look like her. So do I now take it's her tough, back over here with people who, oh, so-and-so understands, because guess what? Her uncle is a right. basketball player. I don't know, you know, yeah. anything. And so it's just like, you know, it's it's this life that we're creating. Yeah, I grew up in a predominantly um, Black community uh, and went to HBCU, then went off to Georgia, and it was just like, okay, I know how to adjust in certain environments, but, you know, the world isn't like, oh, these are middle to upper class Black communities anymore. It's just like we're kind of spread out. Like you said, sometimes sometimes to certain people, you know, because it, is, it doesn't look like you, because it is a dominant culture, then that might be better. But that's not always true. It's
2: not always true. And I think that it's, it's just... Conversations have to be had and outside of... Because for a lot of people, like the schools that your kids go to, it's a reflection of like the yeah. the, neighbor, the area yep. that you mm-hmm. live in. But I think being intentional about having friend groups, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Having, you know, me and my husband joke all the time, like our kids are gonna grow... They're gonna have rich friends. Like yeah. even if they're not going to school with these people uh-huh. because of who we are connecting Connected with, yeah. right? It's like, you're still gonna have a community mm-hmm. and that is important. It's yeah. like, where is the... Atlanta HBCU like the elementary HBCU Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. is that Mm -hmm. how can we create that so that our kids can be surrounded by excellence but it looks like them because I think that is the the vision of an HBCU it's like it's, it, we're operating in excellence. I don't know if your experience was excellent because you yeah. left. No, no, no. Okay. I'm looking
3: at you okay. like that okay. because it okay. exists. And you may not know because your children, your oldest is two, but it, it exists. It, it does exist. Yes, it exists. Here in Atlanta? Yes. Okay. So you have to, you know, you have to find these groups. Like we're a part of Jack and Jill. Okay. And sometimes Jack and Jill, you know, sometimes it has its pros, sometimes it has its cons. But as far as our experience in Jack and Jill, our chapter is very much um, active and dedicated okay. Okay. to our children being leaders and having that community. Okay. So they'll go and do activities and events where they are um, they are doing community service or they understand that um, they're more fortunate in a lot of different cases than others. So they're giving back or, they're cre- or they go and they go to a Black doctor's office mm, or they okay. go and visit the state capitol or they go and help people register to vote and things like that. So it's like it exists, and okay. there's just not Jack and Jill. But there are so many different organizations that are like that okay. with children who, you know, who look at my. There was one mom who sent me a picture of my son. He's in basketball camp this morning, and her son ended up being there. So then they were connected because they're like, "Oh, I know no, him yeah. from, you know, that." So it exists. You just have to go Be in, it. and
2: being intentional about it. Okay, not just letting life happen, but yeah. being intentional. Being intentional. Okay, it's Jack Jack. jack and jill what i've heard about jack and jill
3: is it like a sorority no you know what it's a commitment
2: okay more than anything okay and
3: i'm not i'm not greek at all but um i do have a lot of um greek friends and things like that so i understand that that is a commitment and what they have to do so in a sense, it's a it's a group of Is it like mothers. an
2: initiation? How you how do you join?
3: So you have to be, be invited. invited. See, okay, that's I thought. Okay, I yes. thought okay, so. Okay. So you have to be invited, but there are organizations and groups where you don't necessarily have to be invited. And so you do have to be invited because of course, you know You wanna it keep it and yeah. you wanna keep it. And you it. wanna keep yeah. it yeah. to yeah. People who are going to serve, like to a dedicated, dedicated group of mothers or members who are going to make sure that you know their children are active and understand the hierarchy and governance of things. And so, are it there is... like
2: membership requirements? Like, do you have to be a mother
3: for Jack and Jill? Yes. Okay,
2: I didn't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. So, you have to be a mother. Do your kids have to be a certain age? No, they is start. It for a... They
3: start off. I think at like, it might be two. Okay. Two to eighteen or something. Okay, like that. okay, okay. But guess what? When they graduate out of the program and they go off to college, we have so many, um, so many teenagers. We have a girl who won Top Shelf Chef, um, who lives in our area, who's a part of okay. our chapter. She's going off to school, and I think she might be going to Princeton or Yale or something like that. But it's you know it's not HBCU, but <laughs> she's going off. And what happens after they get out of school? They have these. um they have these families in other states and other cities that uh, they can... Okay. in the event that they I need love that. someone. Yeah, so I yeah. like that yeah, yeah. aspect of it. It's like it. a
2: village. Yeah, it's like creating it's village. the village that you... if you don't naturally have one, it's... That's correct. Being, getting, ...getting to be a part of one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've... I've obviously heard of just the benefits of, you know, for the adults to be in as far as the networking, but I imagine that trickles down to the kids. And that's what you're teaching them is the value of relationships. Exactly what we just were talking about. They're already establishing these relationships. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. growing up with these people. Mm -hmm. And for people who, especially here in Atlanta, it's so many times that I've come across people who went to like Clark or Mm -hmm. went to Spelman and they stayed here in Atlanta. What that does for your career is just like to have that foundation, people you've mm-hmm. grown with, like you literally were like rubbing elbows with the next, yes. next, next, who's yes. who. The value of that, mm-hmm. I think if we're more intentional about teaching our kids right. the value of that, you, you're you literally like starting those relationships now. Yeah. Homeboy who he's at basketball camp with, like that might end up being, being
4: yeah. you know? Exactly. And so it's like having
2: those relationships is so important, mm-hmm. but we aren't, um, I guess, strategic or even really understanding what we're doing. We're just yeah. kind of doing it. That's right. Yeah.
3: So So, you know, and it's like you said, it's the value in it is so, you know, and I think that that's why people have started to kind of manufacture that Mm -hmm. because they're realizing that the value of collaboration, the value of partnership, the value of who you're connected Mm -hmm. to. My father-in-law has this saying that it's not um, um, connections are better than money. That's what he says. Connections are better than money. And so it's not about the money at the end of, of the day. It's about, you know. If I need something, you know, it's not going to be the money that oftentimes gets me there. It's going to be, be the person. connections that yep. I, you know, that I have created yep. and that I have established and made. Yep. And it's 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 rang true for me. I don't know about, you know, a lot of other people, but just in, you know, me coming here, I know a lot uh, we uh, there are people that you and I both know, and it's like, oh, okay, there's that connection, yeah. so we could prop the conversation could go further. And when it comes to business, and when it comes to, I mean, real estate, you know, real estate is just there are so many different facets that you could talk about personally that would touch other people. That it's just like you don't have to know mm-hmm, real mm-hmm. estate to really, you know, get into the conversation. So then that takes you somewhere else yep. because then you're like, where are you from? Where are you from? Chicago. Oh, oh, oh yeah, Chicago. <laughs> and then you say, "Oh, I'm from." Oh, you know, I know so and so from Chicago, and then there's a connection from there, and then yep, there's a connection yep, yep. from there. So it's all what social
2: media was supposed to do. Because yeah. that's we. If, I mean, if you use social media, and I talk, I talk a lot of shit about social media, but mm-hmm. it's been a blessing. So I can't. It's not all bad, but what you are supposed to do on mm-hmm. social media—if you're doing it the right way—it should lead you to conversations and connections yeah. and relationships mm-hmm. and all of the things. Um, but I think we're starting to shift like away from the fakeness you think so? of social media. I hope so. Well,
3: I hope so too. People are getting
2: tired of it. I, for me, um, because I I started my business before Instagram, uh-huh. right? But Instagram definitely helped me to grow my mm. business and build my brand and all of that type of stuff. But it's not sustainable. Yeah, it's not having a social media brand is not sustainable, I don't no. think. Not when life is life in, no. and you evolve and you grow and you but you are still like people are still um expecting, having that expectation of you showing up the same way that you have been. that's
3: true. Yeah. So no, I don't think social social media is sustainable when you're trying to create a brand or you're trying to go with the same narrative, you know, and it's just like you know, if it's authentic, it's authentic. And thankfully, I've had the opportunity to grow, you know, off- hopefully it's authentic. You're, right, like, you're right. like, hopefully yeah. it's authentically. Of course, you don't get every bit, you know, you don't get every piece of my life. But at the same time, it's just like, I want the, I want it to go away because I have children.
2: <laughs> go that part, away. That part. I'm <laughs> like, what's going to
3: be next right. though? Because uh-huh. if it goes
2: away, they're going to replace it mm-hmm. with something. With I'm something.
3: like, what's next?
2: What is it going to yeah. be? Because I don't want to be the mean mom, but yeah. y'all are not doing this. No. You're not de- What's no. your rules? So, What's your social media rules? So or no, cell phone or whatever. So
3: they do not have cell phones. Okay. My daughter is turning 10, so I'm, and she's asking for one. And I'm like, no, you're going to get this little gizmo watch that you could text me. And, you know, if I need to pick you up, and this is another where it, there are limitations. Mm-hmm. You got phone five phone numbers in it. You can't send but so much. And so there are no cell phones, but they do have iPads. Okay. And they get their iPads iPads well during the school year only on the weekends. Okay, and if you do not, um, if you do not take care of your responsibilities because priorities are a big thing for us, and it's like priorities, and then whatever you want to do. So you need to make sure whatever I have asked you to do chores, whatever it may be, they're not consistent, but whatever <laughs> I've asked you to do, you get that done so that you can see your iPads on, on the weekend. And, and that's, and that's pretty much it. They have restraints and things on the iPad, but still that doesn't cut out some girl, of the nothing. craziness. And so I just, I, I can't stand you, the yeah, YouTube shorts,
2: like that thing. Cause oh. the girl, once you start it they coming it's yeah. like you don't know what you gonna see next mm-hmm. never ending um real what about dating though what's your rules for dating for your kids i haven't got have there yet you, you haven't, y'all haven't thought, i know I'm not i doing am it. y'all haven't thought about it yet so, no so you gotta I had, go through this in phases do you know sherry riley you know who that is uh, sounds she's amazing she's okay. amazing um her episode has not come out yet okay. well it might be by the time y'all see this but one of the things that she said um her daughter's a teenager don't make me lie about how old she is mm-hmm. but she said something that i'd never heard before and i'm going to share this with you because okay. you have a daughter one of her rules is that her daughter has to date while she's in her house. She wants her daughter to start dating okay. and relating to boys while she's under her roof so she can mm-hmm. coach her through that process. Yeah. And I thought that was just the total opposite of what my mother and I... Not that my mom didn't want me to date, yeah. but they weren't encouraging it. Uh-huh. And I just thought that that was like such a profound and intentional way of being a part of the process. Because I think for a lot of I'll just speak for like the uh-huh. girls I grew up with, a lot of our parents were strict. Yeah. To the point where they were so strict that the moment you stepped foot out of that house, like the moment you graduated high school and went off to college, you were like out there. Like you yeah. were wild because you couldn't do anything. Yeah, I
3: know girls so, like that. So Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: And it never it never worked out. Yeah. Like don't do that. It's not yeah, going to work out. No. Um but I thought I think that that's like the opposite approach of like mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to shield you from something that obviously you're going to do anyway. Yeah. And so I think that I'm going to adopt that when I have a daughter. I
3: we'll think see. yeah, I think her rule is um my expectation. I think my mom was strict. My parents were strict, but Um, but we dated within, you know, within the confines. Yeah, within the confines, because like you said, most of the time, uh, when you get to college or go on post high school life, and you see people wilding out, it's because they had this very confined. Yeah, yeah.
2: they gonna do it. That's the thing. Either they're gonna do it under your watch, mm -hmm. or they're gonna do it out in these streets. Right, and and it's
3: natural for your daughter or your son to like. You know, someone. Someone. You can't yeah. even
2: say the opposite you sex can't anymore. Say anymore. You can't because say it anymore. Yeah. You can say it over here.
3: It's, it's it's natural for your son and daughter to like the opposite sex. And that's fine. And I'm okay with <laughs> this. It. So when you start crushing, come let me know. Because part, I want to know. I want to know. Fine. Let's talk about and, it. Yeah, let's let's work through it. this. Yeah, let exactly.
2: me tell you how not to get played. Exactly. Right? Let's, exactly. let's talk about it.
3: Um, okay, so my
2: last question is for the single ladies. Okay. Because a large percentage of my audience is at the t- at the space, and I don't think you experienced this because you met, not married your husband, but you met your husband a little earlier, mm-hmm. right? I was 30 before I met mm-hmm. my, 31 when I met my husband. I
3: think I remember so your, your- My little, my story? What's it called? The, um, the Single Wife Club. Yes, yes I've yes, you since way From, before then. You LG yeah, so Triple LG. I didn't
2: yeah. even know that. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so I went through this experience that I can relate to y'all when you start feeling like, okay, not only is the clock ticking, I'm tired of getting these invites, to baby showers, weddings, I don't, like, why not me? Mm -hmm. When is my time? I'm starting to lose faith. I'm tired of dating these men and it's going nowhere. Like, I remember those thoughts of just like, God, am I the one? Is it just me that you Uh forgot about? For that woman that's going through that right now, that's watching, and I'm sure you have friends, like we all know people that it's just like, girl, where is your guy? Like, you are so great. What is your advice for maybe what they could do more of, maybe what they need to do less of, maybe a mindset shift? Like, anything that you can offer as wisdom from a happily married woman. Like, what can you share for the single ladies?
3: You know, my first instinct was to say, get away from them friends. But I'm not gonna say that. You can say it. <laughs> I'm you not... can say no, it. no, 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 no. In all sense, I didn't... I was single probably about five years before I actually you know, started dating my husband. I was single, living life, enjoying it. So first and foremost, you need to enjoy life. Stop waiting. Stop waiting. Because a man is going to find you, but you also have to be in position. So I, you know, I've definitely prayed. I prayed that, you know, he didn't come before it was time because that's the worst thing that can happen is that a, a man or whomever can come before it's time the right one can come before you ready, and so you just have to prepare yourself. I remember thinking when I met my husband, like, oh goodness, I wasn't ready for this, for God to send me this man. I need to get my credit together. <laughs> so it's just small things like that that you think of. It's like you got to position yourself for what's coming, whether that be love, whether that be business, whether that be relationships and partnerships and things like that. Just get yourself to re- get yourself together and get yourself ready because. It's going to come, it's going to happen, and you're in the right place.
2: You're I right love place. it. And I, it's so funny that you mentioned that credit thing, because yeah. when I had the Single Wives Club, that was one of the things that it was like, do you want to meet you? You don't know when you're going to mm-hmm. meet them. Do you want to you know. meet them? And then uh-huh. you have to explain all this shit that you ain't got together. Right. No, exactly. why not just work on that stuff now? now. Right?
3: Work on it now. So, go, go to the advice. gym now. Go. I don't want to go to the gym. I know, but we don't... I mean, you know... Do you work out often?
2: That arm looks like it's been worked out.
3: You know what? This arm, because for a year after a reality show, and I know we don't have time for that, a year after we did a um, real estate reality show Uh on OWN, I didn't do anything. That took a lot. What was your experience? Was it awful? It wasn't. At the time, I felt like, ooh, this is too much. I did not plan for this because, you know, the drama comes because once the cameras, lights, everything turns on, people turn up. And so um, overall, it was a great experience. Nobody ever has to call you and say, hey, can you do this or that? And so with the group of women that I work with, some I still have relationships with, some I don't. But overall, I feel like um, we we had a great... It was a good experience for me. I'll speak for do myself. Do you think the
2: benefits outweighed the BS? Oh! Would you do it again?
3: I would do it again. Okay. So I'll answer that. I would do it again because I was so scared when I did it the first time. Were you? And yeah, and and now that I've done it, it's it's done. Rip that Band-Aid off. Yeah, you can do it now. I ripped that Band-Aid off. I was so afraid because I wanted to represent my family. Where well. I wanted to represent my husband. Where well. I wanted to represent my children. Um, and how do you feel like the world perceived clients. you? Like, they received me pretty good, you know, because I it, it was me.
2: It was really you. And
3: as long as I went into it as if it was me and not anybody else, then I was okay with that. So,
2: you didn't open up a can of worms, because
3: I've, ever since the Single
2: Wives Club, I've gotten, like, yeah. you know, people hit me up, like, I'm casting for this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've done, you know, whatever the interviews are when you're in the process. All of that stuff, I've yeah. done it. So I've considered it, but I'm not a dramatic, I'm I'm not i'm not a catty person yeah. naturally i'm not mm-hmm. arguing i'm not argumentative oh, i'm non-confrontational yeah. so i would always tell them like well i'm not gonna argue with people like i'm not yeah. gonna throw well i'm not gonna do any yeah. of those things mm-hmm. and then you know they never call me back but i always wonder like is that just a part was that a part of your experience like did they try to pull that out of you or did they let you be your natural self And then if drama came up, it just happened to come up.
3: You know what? I don't think that that was their intent. I don't think their intent was to make it a drama-filled show. I think that... when you put an ensemble of women together, that some people automatically feel like that's what they need to bring to the table because they don't feel like their stories are good enough. They don't have anything else. There's no substance. Yeah, Yeah. and the the reality is that you just have to bring yourself, regardless if you feel like it's enough or not, it's enough. Mm -hmm. And so I realized after the fact that people didn't feel like their stories was enough, so they just came. Trying to make a new story. Yeah, trying to make a new story. It's not necessary. Mm.
2: Okay, yeah, we'll so, talk more about that. I have yeah, other questions. Okay. Yeah. All right. So for the people, do you only do luxury real estate? Because I was about to say tell I the people. All,
3: I do all. I really do
2: Okay. All. So if they're not ready for the luxury life If you're yet, not ready for you know what? Buying a home is a luxury, period. We could end it on that. Buying a home is a luxury, period. period. I love it that. Okay, so regardless of life. what you're in the market for, you do, again, don't judge me if I have this uh-huh. wrong. Can you be... A buyer's agent and a seller's agent, I or can, you have to be. And I am. You are both. Mm-hmm. Okay, so look at that camera and tell the people okay. what, how For they can the find people,
3: you. I am a selling agent and I am a listing agent. That simply means that I work with buyers and sellers, investors, um, all, all realms of real estate. Um, there's nothing that goes untouched or that I have not uh, experienced or done in my years as a luxury real estate broker, because now as a Last year, I became a broker. (laughs) Break down what that means. So a broker just, you know what? In simpler terms, it means that you have a little more education and a higher designated license. And you can, I can actually own my own firm. Right now I'm with England Volkers Atlanta, which is a global firm, which I absolutely love because I'm a mom, a wife and a boss. And so um, that gives me the freedom to be able to move um, about a little bit better without all of the liability. So, smarter. Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. And
3: so, yeah. Do you you have a desire to have your own agency? You know what or what would make
2: you become a broker if you didn't want to have your own agency? I guess it's a better question.
3: What would make, um, just because I knew that I, I, for a long time, I knew that I could be a broker and in the event that I decided that I would then, um, you know, branch off, then I could, you have, have the option own. to do yeah, that. I have okay. that option. Okay. So I always have, you know, always gotta always have options. Yeah. I love <laughs> that. So how can they contact you? You can um, follow me on social media at Tiana Harrison underscore Lux Partners. Um, and I'm also at www.tianaharrison.com.
2: Check her out, y'all. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. Make sure you share this episode with a friend and subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss out on any more bomb shows. See you on the next episode. If you enjoyed that episode, make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss out on any upcoming content and take it a step further and go ahead and join our private community over on Patreon because it comes with some pretty bomb perks, including early and discounted access to our upcoming events, behind-the-scene exclusives with some of your favorite guests, the opportunity to call in on an upcoming show, the chance to vote on topics and guests for brand new shows, and I'm even giving you unlimited access to my Vault of Business classes where I'm teaching you everything from Airbnb to developing digital products and everything in between. And you can get access to our Patreon for as little as five Dollars a month. Okay. Get in where you fit in, and I'll see you on the inside. Peace.